Hello, everyone. Hi, Charlie and Kalyani. How are you? Hello. Hello. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. As the Shivananda teachers and, and staff and karma yogis and people greet each other. <laughs> so, so my spiritual name is also Hamsa and Golriz. I would honestly rather uh, Golriz, but you can call me either way. Um, Hamsa is easier, probably. So let's uh, just start by introducing ourselves. Um, I'll give it to you, Charlie, to go ahead and tell us about your name and a bit of your background. And we'll go like that. And then um, we'll just kind of get a little bit deeper after that to express where we are in terms of our lives and our relationship with our spirituality and practices or just in general, our relationship with um, our own life in a conscious or unconscious way. Okay. Okay. Hi everyone. I'm Charlie. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm an accountant for restaurants. And nothing that I'm saying sounds at all remotely spiritual thus far. Um, but I. Uh, I've gone through a variety of different spiritual practices as well as sort of life paths and careers over the course of the last 30 some odd years. Um, I was raised Jewish and then went to college to study Japanese and got pretty heavily into uh, Zen and other forms of Japanese Buddhism um, and then became a chef in New York, which is its own form of intense pseudo-spiritual exercise, uh, just because of the ultimate dedication it requires, I suppose. Um, and then at some point, about five years ago, I suppose, I got heavily into yoga, more so than I had been before, and started pursuing that line of things, um, and wound up moving uh, up to the Hudson Valley and uh, doing a teacher training at the yoga studio up there and going to run the kitchen at Memma, which is a retreat center up in the mountains that is uh, follows primarily the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, but hosts a variety of folks from all different walks of life. And that's uh, where I met you, Golriz. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, uh, well, through that experience, I learned a lot about a variety of different spiritual practices and also in some method uh, or in some way burnt out on intense active spiritual practice um and so moved back to new york uh, became an accountant and now have an interesting weird sort of very actively spiritual life that is also devoid of any overtly spirit organized spirituality um mm. Yeah, I guess that's that's a brief. Do you want to? That's beautiful. Do you want to expand a bit on the weirdness of it? I think 
I, I kind of have a feeling intuitively not knowing so many details, but I uh, think you're spot on with that weirdness part. And I, I'm curious if you want to share how do you describe, because usually, you know, we connect through our weirdness to, to people, I think, in a more genuine, deeper, deeper way somehow. I don't know if you have a definition for it or if it's just something on a subtle level. It's within your um, interactions or your relationship or mentality. But um, if you have something more to expand on that, I think we all would love to hear. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I could probably go on stream of consciousness on the subject for quite a long time, but I'll try and keep it coherent and concise. Um, I guess the the weirdness is primarily that my I feel like I incorporate very real and um, learned elements of the various spiritual paths that I have followed over the years into my everyday life in that uh, certain philosophies and beliefs and teachings um, and actual active practices that I've come across and either practiced or learned about uh, in in all the various uh, spiritual practices that I've engaged with over the years. I mean, everything from, you know, being a, a Passover Seder to Zen meditation mm -hmm. to, you know, yoga asana practice to whatever it might be. Um, various aspects of that I do very much incorporate into how I view the world on a day-to-day -day basis, how I attempt to interact with various different people, uh, both personally, professionally, in my daily activities. Um, and it's in that way, my, my spiritual life is very present for me um, on a daily basis and really almost every moment of every day, but outwardly, it's effectively not apparent. I mean, I don't, you know, there was a time when I wore mala beads all the time, and there was uh, a point where I was going to Shabbat services every Friday, and uh, there was a point where I was meditating every morning, doing zazen, um, and sort of none of that is, is a part of my daily life anymore. So on the outside, maybe I could see it not looking as though I have much of a spiritual practice uh, outside of my tattoo. But um, <laughs> on the inside, it's quite uh, it's already, integrated. Mm. By the way, he ha you have a heart sutra tattoo on your back. Is that the one? Is yes. that what you're referring to? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, in Buddhism. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. So do you think you might, is, so, because, you know, we, we are all on different, you know, ways, and it seems like this is a very 
balanced, actually enlightened um, understanding of everything you've had so thus far. I mean, there are always different perspectives you can have on any given situation, but to me, that's how it feels like. And do you think you've you may you might have had like a specific moment of of realization about this, or this, is this something you just kind of gradually came into? conclusion that you would like to live a Zen life as a quote-unquote normal uh, person, you know, living in New York City life? Um, or how does how does this come together? Just as like gradual progress or a moment of decision or understanding. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Um, first of all, uh, Thanks for saying it sounds like a very enlightened way of looking at the world. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's daily practice. Um, I would like to think I'm farther along in some sort of positive path than I was yesterday or last year or a decade ago. Um, but I think it's very... Uh, it's quite gradual for me. So I have a tendency, and I say this sort of as a bad thing, but I also really enjoy this aspect. So it's, uh, I can't really say whether it's bad or good, it just is, uh, thus far anyway, that when I get interested in something, um, I dive in 110% and kind of go pretty hard on it and oftentimes burn out on it um, and then uh, sort of shift on either to the next thing or dial it back a lot and then come back again. And it's um, this is for spiritual practices, careers, subjects of study, activities, all sorts of things. Um, so in, in many ways for the various spiritual practices that I've been involved in, um, I, when something piqued my interest at a particular point in time, it was a confluence of timing and the people that were in my life at that point, um, what I had learned before, where my head was at in terms of my personal and professional and spiritual goals, uh, sort of a combination of everything. Um, when something came up that piqued my interest, I would quite readily follow it uh, and oftentimes get deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, you know, taking the example of, say, yoga practice uh, in general, I... You know, I did some random asana classes in college and then a couple of things here and thereafter. I didn't even know what the word asana meant at the time. It didn't matter to me. It was just kind of a fun physical activity uh, that some random friend had dragged me to. And then um, when I actually started to get into it, it was coupled with um, some very impactful uh, professional and personal transitions in my life um, involving 
the breakup with a significant other and uh, a professional transition and a lot of different life changes and a lot of intensity surrounding those both in uh, both physical and emotional and and mental you know sort of a lot of stressors but also a lot of drivers and a lot of motivation um and so for whatever reason at that point getting involved in yogic practice i was offered uh through a mutual friend an opportunity to practice at a friend's house um regularly twice a week and they have a very intense and uh very deep practice in a way that i hadn't necessarily found before um and got into that got more and more and more into that um and over the course of i guess a two and a half three years maybe um went from effectively not practicing yoga at all to practicing every single day and teaching and regularly reading books on the subject and studying Ayurveda and mm-hmm. doing cleanses and living in in near Woodstock, New York, which is, you know, old old center of at least the American yoga community in many ways. Um, not too far mm-hmm. from the ashram uh and you know i just went went full bore in that direction um and now three years after that uh i barely practice yoga at all mm. <laughs> yeah that sounds said, like a, yeah everything that i learned along the way which was immense i mean even even doing it as a side project um in spite of the amount of time it took up uh you know i learned so many things along the way and met so many interesting people and my -hmm. life will never be the same for it and in a very good way in my opinion um a lot of what i've learned i've incorporated uh a lot of a lot of physical practices both in terms of how i how i exercise how i move around on a day-to-day basis how i sit how i stand etc um all the way to how i view personal relationships how i appreciate spiritual concepts um surrounding my my upbringing as well as what conversations with other people um how i approach professional work uh you know how i handle stress how i handle everything um Mm. had a profound impact on so many different levels diet nutrition all sorts of things like that um Mm. my general daily activities you know knowledge of like uh, ayurvedic knowledge of the the doshas vata and kapha like that that notion Mm -hmm some reason appealed to me in a certain way and so i actually think about a lot of things in daily life in terms of their uh sort of doshic makeup so to speak Mm -hmm. useful tool for me um Mm. so yeah i mean but all of that it's not that 
it's not that I necessarily made a very conscious decision to say, okay, I'm going to yeah. no longer practice yoga, but I'm going to take these things with me as I move mm -hmm. on to this next phase of life. Uh, yeah. It's been an organic transition uh, right. all along into and out of and everything that's come with me and everything that has been sort of left by the wayside. And mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Sounds like lots of tapas, lots of spiritual sadhana practice and purging and purifying and leveling up and feeling. I think one, one thing that's I think is impressive about this for me and I think very important is the feeling of freedom that seems like you've felt throughout to just learn, like the desire to learn, I guess, and grow, and also the feeling of freedom to move forward and move on from one thing to another and not um, feeling restricted and, and making something organic and personal for yourself and incorporating it into your life. And, it, you know, and all of these that you're saying, obviously this is all uh, a very, you know, well-rounded, perfect, you know, um, way of living. But do you feel like there are, you know, areas that you feel weaker or more vulnerable or you feel like needs more improvement or something like that just to just to get that um, the human touch <laughs> on, on who you are, perhaps for us to... Uh, if you feel like there's, I'm sure, I'm sure you do. I'm sure with the humility that you felt throughout your life, it's not an indication that uh, you, it doesn't seem like, you know, you feel that way. But um, I don't know what are a couple of things that you think uh, you are looking forward to expanding more and, and learning more um, in life for now. I'm very tempted to jokingly just say I'm a perfect being and be done with it. <laughs> Only that were true. Uh, sometimes I do actually think it would be nice to have enough personal appreciation and self-confidence to just think I'm perfect as I am. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. That's, that's, a, that's uh, an important one. The topic really important one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, sure. <clears throat> I guess one of the things that I, I thought a lot about the last, uh, couple of years, uh, is the topic of vasanas. Um, so, yeah, I learned about it in the context of Ayurvedic, the Ayurvedic tradition, but it exists, I believe, in a variety of, um, South Indian spiritual tradition. Um, and for those that don't know what this is, it's the idea of these habitual practices. And they're, they're not necessarily, they're not exactly habits in the standard understanding of a habit so much as they are patterns of reactive behavior that we develop over the course of life. Um, and they can be everything from an actual physical reaction to a mental pattern to a an emotional pattern, whatever it might be. Um, and I guess uh, it's hard to think up a simple example right now, but I guess a good 
a good sort of example is um, in terms of, say, an, ad- an addiction of sorts. Uh, or actually, I will give a good example. Um, so someone told me about this uh, this time in their life when they were quite young, when they had believed they had a, an eating issue, um, they were eating too much, and they they wanted to adjust their eating habits. And they noticed that every time they came home from school, they would go uh, straight to a cookie jar and get a cookie and then go sit down and watch TV for half an hour or something. And in the course of doing so would go back and say, get two more cookies or something. And (laughs) the eating of the cookies actually had no, like there was no real joy in it. There wasn't really any conscious activity in it. It, Maybe the first handful of times there really was, but after that it was just that's what happened. I come I come home from school and my reaction, my my default is grab a cookie, go sit down, watch TV, whatever. Um, and so in order to rather than trying to break the habit and stop the habit, they actually tried to uh, to change it. And so in order to do so, um, I don't remember exactly what they substituted it with, but I think it was like as an active decision upon returning from school, they went to say, go put down their book bag in their room and uh, pour themselves a glass of water and like, I don't know, Mm. sort through, sort through, books or something like something completely innocuous that really had nothing to do with the whole situation but by simply changing the reaction to Mm. that one stimulus namely returning from school they then avoided the action of eating cookies this is what in yoga they call pratya paksha bhavana right they you you exchange the habit with something else like a negative thought pattern or negative habit with something positive yeah exactly yeah it in vasan yeah so so you would like to change some patterns and habits you're you're saying yes uh, in um, that sense mm. i guess for me a lot of them are emotional patterns mm-hmm. um, Certainly, my reactions to certain forms of stress, um, to certain types of human interactions, uh, particularly ones that relate to my, um, what's the best way to put it? (laughs) I guess I, I generally give off an air of being in my mind, sort of strong and confident. And there's a whole uh, societal framework that I've grown up with that define what that means and interactions with other people that Mm. go in the face of that are quite uh, quite an affront to my ego. And so like... So they would call you arrogant or something, and you you don't you don't relate to it, and you want to change it. Is that um, 
No, it's more situations that uh, cause me to not react in a way that is um, sort of strong or confident in ah. the general sense of things, and that oh, leads okay. to a feeling of uh, shame and inadequacy. And that mm. that feeling of shame is locally unproductive and not mm. a positive thing. It really doesn't help anybody. Um, mm. And that is, I mean, it's there's there's a lot more complexity to the specifics of it, but that particular or category of vasanas, I guess, is something that I've noticed and been mm-hmm. more change probably as long as I've been capable of conscious thought, even before I knew what a vasana was. But uh, well, sometimes our imperfections can be a beautiful thing, I guess. <laughs> if if like the rest of the society is like kind of you know using the opposite of it <laughs> in a negative way, sometimes you you might be healing unconsciously. Um, this might be a healer side of you helping, uh, you know, I'm just having, you know, I'm just having a thought about it. I, I don't know if anybody else would agree, but I'm just having this insight of like, sometimes what we think is wrong with us is actually somehow, um, helping, helping a bigger picture that we don't realize. And I, I have a lot of moments and understandings about that once in a while and and uh yeah i yeah you're right though the, the shame probably doesn't help okay so i think we went on for a good number of minutes here and um so thank you charlie so much for being so um eloquent and 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 precise and clear and um yeah hitting all the the spots so Kalyani, happy birthday. By the way, yeah. Charlie, Thank I'm sorry. You. I, I hid it from everybody here. Nobody figured it out. <laughs> no, oh, so you're right now at the ashram, uh, about to start your ATTC tomorrow morning at the Yoga Ranch in upstate New York. And they didn't, usually birthdays are actually a big deal. Everybody sings uh prayers and you know open but maybe tomorrow or something you didn't know probably you just came I and i didn't tell anybody and i'm and speaking of vasanas I, I think maybe one of my vasanas or something like that is like i really hate to be the center of attention with like a lot of people <laughs> paying attention to me. <laughs> i'm gonna call somebody tomorrow and make sure you have to face uh. vasana. <laughs> <laughs> you know funny though I was, roger is here and yeah. um he, we were talking him and his brother are cancers too and he was like oh yeah well what day are you and i'm like the 30th and he was like oh okay <laughs> like, <laughs> when you're here in the ashram you don't really know what the date is you know he had no idea that it was like and i was like oh i'm almost caught <laughs> sweet well Okay, so so let's um, let's hear about you a bit. Okay, so um, my spiritual name is Kalyani, and um, I was born and raised in Middletown, New Jersey, and that's where I currently reside. Um, although Wait, I travel a lot, and I yeah, 
Sorry to interrupt. I grew up in Rumson. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So like neighbors. Two towns um, over. Yeah. So yeah, that's still where I am. Um, between like living in the ashrams and um, and traveling. So my profession, um, how I make money to fund all this is I'm a nurse. And I'm very lucky where I don't work. It's like less than a part-time status. I can kind of just come and go as I please. Um, I work in a hospital. So um, I would Notice. say... Um, it uh-huh. involves a lot of envy, I must say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. You kind of broke up a little bit. Oh, no, I was just saying I've noticed it invokes a lot of envy, I must say. I'm just joking, but I think that that's really great. Oh. You know, in yoga, yeah, it's 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 a good karma probably or something. Yeah, it's really it awesome. It must be. It must be. And, and it kind of does. People, like, I always hear, um, like, I'm living my life vicariously through you, which I think is funny a lot of the times because, mm-hmm. you know, half the time I'm really suffering. So I'm just like, yeah, okay. Um. Well, yeah, my, I've been on the spiritual path, I would say, like, the past three years. Um, I had some trauma, which I was say I'm about to get real, real with you guys. Um, in November 2015, I had a miscarriage and I had a traumatic breakup. Um, and I was super depressed. I was living in New York City at the time. And um, on New Year's Day, so January 1st, 2016, I was nursing a wicked hangover. I was super anxious. Um, you know, after drinking and partying hard all night, you know, the next day you're just like talking about shame and everything else. Just like, oh, I hate myself. And I was um, on Groupon just trying to buy my way out of this <laughs> feeling I was having of just complete garbage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I scrolled upon Shivananda. It was like a weekend <laughs> yoga. Wow, retreat. you came with Groupon. Good to know. Yeah. So my whole spiritual path started from freaking Groupon. So um and I think I was like actually even crying at that time. Like I was like, yeah, I need some yoga, you know. Bye. And I bought this weekend retreat and and then I totally forgot about it. Um until a few months later I got an email and they're like, it's gonna expire. So I ended up coming here in like April 2016 for the first time to the Shivananda Yoga Ranch in New York. Um, And, you know, when I first came, I was pretty freaked out (laughs) by the whole, you know, organized spiritual community um, Mm -hmm. and all this like Hinduism, you know, pretty much that was happening here that totally was not expecting because at that point, same, I had done like a few yoga classes in the gym or with friends, like, not really knowing anything about yoga other than okay we're doing some stretches and so I came into this thing and it was really like the Hindu religion um and yeah just like the guru's pictures all over and I really I was freaked out and um the first sat song was about celibacy (laughs) and I just I just couldn't wrap my head around it at all Uh, even though this is like you know kind of all my suffering came from the problems like that 
came from sex. So, uh, but still I was like, what? These people are freaking nuts. Like no way. Um, and I ended up staying two weeks and I forced myself to go to every sad song, every yoga class. And pretty much after two weeks, I, I like floated out of here feeling the best I'd felt in months. So, um, within six months I ended up in India and I took my teacher training and since then I've kind of been going back and forth between I guess what you would say like worldly life and coming living in an ashram um after I did my TTC in India I ended up traveling India afterwards and I went to um Amma's ashram and I stayed there for a week and it was a super powerful experience. And I kind of, I didn't realize how powerful it was until um, I decided to go back this year. And I spent two months with her in January and February at her ashram and then traveling with her um, group in India on her tours, like her hugging tours. Uh, and then I spent a few weeks recently just traveling around the States um, following her. So that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Um, I've I've experienced um, a lot of different yogic communities. I don't know if I could say a lot, but several. Um, like I went to a Kundalini winter solstice. I checked out the Isha ashram. Like I'm I'm kind of curious and have been bouncing around um, to different spiritual communities and. Mm. Um, you were saying you explored a bit of like the Native American um, communities as well, right? Yes, um, as far as plant medicine, like I, um, I did ayahuasca, I did peyote, I did like um, things like that, um, and then Native American. Also, um, recently, I went to the Smoky Mountains. I'm also involved with this group out of New Jersey called the Order of the Blue Rose. And this is just this Christian woman who channels all the masters and specifically Mary Magdalene. And she teaches us how to um, clear the energy lines of the earth. Um, mm. So recently we went down to the Smoky Mountains and, and was it was super heavy, actually, doing all this work um, kind of where Mother Jaya was blocked up because of all the massacres of the Native Americans um, on the land there. So yeah, I'm kind of all over with my <laughs> spiritual mm -hmm. practices. Um, I've re I think I've really been like seeking a lot um, after experiencing like some trauma. Um, but I'm feeling now that I'm really ready to kind of like stay on one path, so mm. to say. Lovely. And it? that's... Uh... Shivananda, that's so you are since you are starting the advanced teacher training course, uh, which is which I took in January and I found quite a powerful practice in terms of like just deepening your own relationship with what yoga is and everything. Um, that and it somehow energetically focuses, yeah. So, so that's the one you're 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 talking about. This is, um, Shivananda is the one you want to focus on since you are starting the HTTC and you're getting deeper into your practice, right? Well, um, I would consider Alma my guru. Um, mm. Like I considered her 
a um like a like a self-realized master and I experience really intense things when I'm with her um but it's she teaches Vedanta or she says um Sanatana Dharma um and here's Vedanta I think I the reason I come here is like for the practice you know for Mm. the actual the the physical practice which is strong here um Mm -hmm pranayama the asanas like that the 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 strict um routine which i like Mm -hmm. because i'm totally um not like structured normally you know like if there's not someone there like you have to be there like maybe i'll go half the time (laughs) so i'm i'm kind of here i feel like to really go deeper and like cleansing like my physical body and also you know my mental body and all that um but I'm feeling like I'm always like I'm almost feel like I'm resisting a little bit, just like going to be with Ama all the time and like mm. being one of those crazy devotees. But like my heart really calls me mostly to that path. But I I'm just mm. I kind of want to get myself strong in the physical practice, because um, kind of like the practice with her is um, the chanting, the a thousand names of the Divine Mother, <clears throat> meditation, and selfless service. Mm-hmm. and just around her <laughs> so no, for me like, the yoga I like the asana is missing like the pranayama like that stuff I really I feel helps me a lot mm-hmm. um what would you crazy. say what would you say is your besides the discipline what is uh the do you feel like on a day-to-day basis you have a challenge uh besides the this the this discipline is there something you feel like you are uh, on some level questioning or struggling with or something like that that also keeps you motivated to to want to go deeper into this? Uh, just like in general, like vasanas and stuff like that. What well, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, anything that if you um, if pops up. Yeah. So um, definitely, I try to keep myself like I would say my vasana is like um addictions to like substances so mm-hmm. I in the years I've, I've definitely gone back and forth between like I want to be completely sober and then just you know coming to the ashram and doing that and feeling great and then coming out and you know it's just all over you just like get back into the same life um mm-hmm. so I would say yeah I'm always working on that like and then I've I've gone back and forth between like okay I can have one drink or you know I could smoke one joint or whatever things like that and then and then seeing how it just spirals like it mm-hmm. you know so deep mm-hmm. <laughs> just from this lifetime never mind other lifetimes so um I'm always working on that and I think I'm always like trying to work on just keeping a steady practice with meditation and that's really challenging for me mm-hmm. right wow that's amazing yeah thanks yeah that's really cool anything else you you feel like you want to share about your so it sounds like you are enjoying exploring different paths but yet your heart belongs to uh, amma who's your guru but then and you are enjoying having discipline from the shivananda practice and you're keeping yourself and your time busy with these things so you don't go back and fall back into the old habits of 
perhaps addiction or just uh, using substances to perhaps maybe calm some like feelings of whether it's desire or pain or something like that, which we all know deep down is some sort of a probably a yearning for something more um, in terms of connection to yourself. Um, yeah. And, and finding. Like I, yeah. I tend to like um, want to numb like the strong emotions. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to stay away from doing that and. Hmm. somehow dealing and I feel like all of this all these practices um, give another channel to that energy Hmm. so does bhakti yoga like devotional practices call out your name or um, not necessarily they do definitely like a bhakti yoga yogi um, I'm like a divine mother I would say I'm a divine Hmm. mother like bhakti yogi um and like a guru bhakti beautiful yeah charlie do you have any questions for kalyani that you think i didn't um i do have one particular question which is uh partly from my own reference but what is kind of the if you can sum up uh ama's teachings in a in a short piece um i would really appreciate a little summary and particularly within that what about her um her teachings and her philosophies and her presence in the world speaks to you so strongly and why why is she why do you view her as your guru and why do you have such an attraction to her following yeah so um her teaching is um really just to be compassionate like um she talks a lot about the divine feminine and waking up our um the mother within all of us including men and including you know women that have not birthed children like those qualities of like patience and compassion and unconditional love um and she also talks, she always talks about kind of like being selfless, like always, like, you know, the secret in life, like, oh, to help other people and being selfless. Um, and she kind of, she, besides her being a spiritual guru, like, if you just kind of cut that off, like, just her humanitarian work, she kind of has her hands in like every single thing you could possibly think of. Like, um, she has hospitals. She has free clinics, um, orphanages, schools, like disaster relief, um, you know, teaching women different jobs, like any type of like charity you can think of. She's kind of got, I would say got her hands. It's like doing it already, but she will even say like, it's not me who's doing this. Like, this is all my children that's doing this work. So pretty much by her just giving us humans like who she calls her children unconditional love <clears throat> like people just completely kind of leave like their material life and just solely start going out and and doing selfless service for the whole world um i'm trying to think what is her, her other thing um so she always says the prayer like um uh, the local so like 
may all beings everywhere be happy. Like she says, like her dream is kind of for all beings to be happy and for everyone to have like the basic needs of, you know, shelter, healthcare, food, all of that. And then on the spiritual level, like that's where it goes so deep. Um, I'm just drawn to her, like my first hug. Um, so she's considered a hu- the hugging saint. Um, she's hugged 37, well, she's given 37 million hugs since she was, I think, 21 years old. She started giving what she calls darshan, so like her blessings and the hugs every single day for the past 42 years. So that's kind of like what the majority of her time is spent doing. Um, so when I first met her, I was super skeptical. I hadn't, I never seen a live master. So like people are, you know, falling down at her feet and like looking at her crying and all stuff like that. And I'm like, what is this? Um, but yeah, just like the unconditional love that I felt like, um, I kind of felt as I was just like floating in like complete darkness with like stars like that's how I would explain it um and just like pure love and um that was kind of the start of it um and just to see kind of how she like motivates people and it, and yeah talking about spiritual communities it's a massive spiritual community we have like 3,000 I think 3,000 people live in her ashram um and you know wow. like million people kind of co- going to see her all around the world so um I don't know if that kind of sums it up <laughs> in a few words. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Wow. Yeah. That does. I'm so happy I'm going to see her in like a couple of weeks. She's coming oh, here. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, and some people say like they don't feel anything, but it's I think it's just like just going in without expectation and just keeping yourself like clear um, to just receive whatever. Um, like just to give one example recently, um, what had happened was I was mentally asking her, so they say she can read like all your thoughts and things like that. So I'm mentally asking her like, what's the best spiritual practice for me? And I ended up getting like a really long hug. Um, so she talks that she, you know, she oversees all of her organizations as she's hugging people all day, all night long. So some of the time she's talking to people and advising like while she's giving a hug. Um, so at first when you see it, you're like, she's not even paying attention to these people. And it's like, she can do many things at once. So, um, I was getting this hug and she happened to like go into a conversation at that time. So it was a really long hug, like three or four minutes. And, and, um, and she turned my head like the opposite way, which she normally does. So like my right ear was on like her heart. So this whole time I'm just like listening to Amma's heart beating for like three or four minutes and trying just to keep myself clear and not be like, oh my God, oh my God. So how does she um, smell like? Oh, uh, she smells like she has this she has a scent which they apply on her like over. So after you hug her, you smell like she's it's like this rose smell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the next day I was like, dude, what was that? That was crazy. So the next day I, um, I actually bought, they have these little like mantra counters, um, like little tally counters. It's like, it looks like a little ring and, um, her devotees, you know, you always see them wearing them and I was kind of like, oh, whatever. So for some reason I just picked one up and between like the afternoon till the night, I said the mantra like 3000 times. <laughs> and I think that was probably the most I've ever said in my life. And I was even reading a book and I kept stop like stopping the book to like say the mantra and 
I've, I've never been that kind of disciplined with the mantra. And, um, and also I, I bought like, um, something else and they gave this, this book with the purchase, one of her disciples and all kind of it, within that, he kept talking about like repeating the, the divine name and mantra. So I was like, okay, this is what she's telling me. Um, that, you know, this should become one of my main spiritual practices. And I think because I'm like bhakti, it could work. So just like little things like that, where you start like kind of start transitioning, um, and I think I told you she made like she made my bhasanas very clear without like having to say anything it just became clear in my own head like oh okay this is what I need to work on and, and it is so uncomfortable like so um yeah, yeah it's just I feel it's just um I feel like I get some type of progress more of just from being around her mm. yeah. whatever that is <laughs> I guess that does uh, explain what a guru might feel like to a person and what kind of experience, right? Charlie, would you say, because I, I haven't had this experience, I don't think, with the person necessarily. Uh, I haven't had, uh, I guess I've, I've had some experiences that I would say are in a similar vein, but certainly not not quite the same and not on such a deep level or not mm -hmm. such an intense level perhaps um okay. i'm curious when uh when did all this happen when did you first meet her um so i first met her in um january of 2017 i went i stayed with her for a week but still at that time i was um I knew the experience was powerful, but I felt very uncomfortable being at her ashram um, because I had come from the Andaman Islands before that, which are in India, like right by Thailand. And I was with like friends and I was drinking and partying and blah, blah, blah. So when I got to her ashram, it's like such a high level of like Shakti there. I was super uncomfortable. Um I was like uncomfortable with like her devotees are very intense. Like they'll tell you in a second, like what you're doing wrong. And like, and then they'll be like, that's what Amma says. <laughs> so you're very much like, oh, like, why are these people telling me what to do? Like this is, and there's a lot of really mentally, like mentally ill people there. Um, so I was just, after a week, I was ready to go to Shivananda, like in Kerala, like get me the hell out of here. This is so weird. Um, but it stayed in the back of my mind like um for this whole time um and then when I went back this year in January so this year is the most amount of time that I spent with her um when I went back this year when I back when I, I was going back to India I was really only planning to stay at her ashram for like a week or two and I had two months there and I didn't know why I was going back to India again I'm like this is like the third time this is what am I expecting to find this is ridiculous or whatever um so I go there and the first few days, my mind is going crazy. Like, what else can I do? Should I do like an Ashanga retreat? Oh, should I go to the MLI? Like, what? there's so much stuff to do. And I just decided after a few days, like, you know what? I'm just going to stay with her this whole time and just like let the process work on me. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Hmm. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's pretty deep. And like I was telling you earlier, um, Gloris, that um, 
actually I, I I'm coming to find now that I really can't like um talk to people about this because <laughs> people get super freaked out um I think <laughs> especially in the west it's like to like kind of like idealize any human being that's not like a movie star or like a sports person or whatever like um that's like on a on a spiritual level you know yeah people just get super freaked out and just I think it really just like think it's complete bullshit or get really judgy or um, some kind of learning. I don't know, just like not to really yeah. tell people. <laughs> do you have like, I'm curious, like, do you have sometimes visions or intuitive feelings of like, uh, you know, not, not to want to make it like a past future present thing, but, do you kind of what how does it feel like where do you think she's taking you with this all of this I mean how, how um, do you wonder <laughs> I mean I'm 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 very uh, I'm mesmerized by your experience let me say that but yeah. um so this yeah. sounds super um like spiritually immature or something like that because like you know compared to people that are on the path for 20 years or something like that like um I feel like she can actually like masters do like lead you to like a self-realization and just mm -hmm. um and just becoming a better person like in general um mm -hmm. to like we talked about this like the family life versus like giving yourself to the world like when mm -hmm. she um you know makes people swamis or sannyasins or whatever she's like um you know, mother is so happy today because like mother today, mother is giving her son to the world. So um, kind of just like in, in being inspired to, um, I guess, just like help where you can. Yeah. So it's it's more like what I hear is that it's more of an. Uh, oh, are you there? Yeah. Sorry. Oh. What did you say? Oh, I was just saying what I hear is that it's more of a spiritual experience rather than or an inner experience rather than like to define it in an outer world. It seems like, you know, you, it's hard to explain it because it would just take the shape and form of becoming sannyas or having these words. But at the end, like the magnificence of it is the is the whole relationship. And I mean the bhavana or the attitude and the, I don't know, something divine that happens. So that I think on its own is sufficient. Yeah. Totally. But that, and, and even I could get freaked out about that. Like um, one of the times at her ashram, I remember feeling like, cause you know, like you all start, you know, you're all wearing white, you're all doing the same thing. You're all saying, well, and you're, um, you know, just, you start to do all the same things as each other. And at one point I felt like I was completely losing myself, like just this one day. And I was like, I felt like I was losing my personality, you know, which is really yeah. the ego. And I was really freaking out. Like, do I want to, you know, I kind of have these experiences a lot where I, I, it takes me a lot to come to her or I'm, I'm resisting. Um, and I, and yeah, I've had times where I started to feel like, Ah, my personality where is it and like I don't like all this and um and then I start to kind of like back up from it a little bit but like it's kind of the whole purpose is to lose your ego 
then it's like this is what's happening yeah but yeah it can like I've been freaked out like or just like seeing the things that are going on like um like magic like type of things you know and you're like what the hell like how can this be happening right now (laughs) Mm. it's kind of cool very cool yeah well and what about love is it your turn to talk (laughs) (laughs) yeah i could um we can i guess edit it and and or you know take these parts out and make it an hour but um so I don't know if it's too late for you guys or not. We can we can continue this type of conversation probably also in another time. Um, yeah. Well, I mean I don't have it. It's almost it's eleven eleven your time probably. Oh my god! <laughs> of course it's eleven eleven. <laughs> <laughs> it's ten I'm, ten I, my time. I so have, like I probably have like a good twenty minutes left in me so. Okay. Okay, I'll go. Charlie, how about you? Uh, I would happily do another 20 minutes. And then I need to call it at that point. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, as far as, so yeah, my name is Gold Reese. I, (laughs) um, I feel like I always have to, after that, say I'm 37 years old almost 30, 37 and a half. It seems ancient from the place I feel, but yeah, it's okay. It's what is the number? number. I uh, was born and raised and grew up in Iran, in Tehran, during war, like we were in war until I was six years old when the war ended. Uh, born to uh, young parents and uh, lived with my grandma until my parents separated then lived with my grandma until I was 13 and then pretty much did whatever I wanted to in Iran after that from 13 to 18 since my parents kind of were busy with their own growth process and I uh, they trusted me somehow they thought she's pretty calm and seems sound enough so she's going to do better than us let her do what she wants and and they wanted you know when the parents separate they each of them want of your attention so um yeah so I feel like I was pretty spoiled until I was 18 and I basically didn't want to pass the university exam which is really difficult and I had a green card so I moved to U.S. um uh, to San Diego and I had some uh, second cousins there and I lived with them for about six months and then I separated and instead of going to school it didn't seem very interesting I just kind of started getting different jobs and enjoyed having money and just being independent at 18 and yet again I it was very hard to come on the first year was definitely difficult I was super homesick and did not like it here at all Although now looking back, I was having a really great time, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so until uh, the first time that I visited Iran after having moved, I I feel like maybe I met a twin flame, some very, very powerful connection. I, met, I fell in love with this dude that I knew since childhood, but, we, you know, he was older than me at the time. I think you guys both know these stories. Um, and it was very 
impactful I think like it maybe closest thing I've had uh, in like your what you experienced with Amma would be with me and this guy and wh whose name is Reza <laughs> and um, so yeah we were basically together like for two weeks that's it and I left uh, came back to US and three months later I heard he was with somebody else and I asked him he didn't tell me the truth so I've broke up with him but uh, went quite down in terms of just heartbreak and darkness and just kind of losing myself <laughs> so weird now that I'm saying it um and I was like <laughs> drinking a lot <laughs> and like for like two years I was blacking out all the time and just like nothing was working and um I was a different person I would hear stories of like my drunkness and yeah, I couldn't I recognize it and apparently now I know that those are some sort of entities or like in a in a different way to describe there are like these um, thought forms like that are very dark and heavy and they come and attach to your aura and they feed off of you being addicted to something or abusing a substance or something like that so right raising vibration definitely helps um so with that I went back to Iran to visit and to figure out like what was this case who was this guy and I stayed uh, it was supposed to be a couple of months but my dad saw that I was not in a good place so he didn't he kept met kept me there so a year later I got um I was with him actually and I got drunk and the next day with his reaction I realized I need to change everything right now and I did and that day I went and I found this energy healing teacher who um, ha you know healed, did an, like an energy healing session on me which completely transformed everything. I remember going into his room and feeling so ashamed and hating myself and just unworthy of everything and then afterwards just this light came back and I was there again and that weekend we had tours and anyway last week but I took to um energy healing heavily like Charlie says <laughs> for four years mm -hmm. like that's all I did like that's all I did basically um and I kind of was in this weird relationship with that guy from far and uh it was a weird one of those like uh Tomasic we we describe as Tomasic teachers he had a lot of tendencies of those things like his ego uh was feeding off of meeting um a lot of maybe uh, beautiful women who were in a vulnerable place coming to him and he um I mean this was from me observing him with other people I'm not saying that I'm I was one of them just but his but but he was also in touch with me and I it was weird um that's another kind of book on its own that relationship from far long distance um and so, yeah, so I stopped doing, I stopped, you know, and I, oh, I moved back to US, by the way, in between all of these, and I worked for his family for a little bit. Um, but then I stopped whole, you know, contact with uh, all of that uh, energy healing community, pranic healing, which I really appreciate. They really gave me a great basis. So this all happened when I was 23 and went on until I was like 27. 
And then I went to culinary school just to do something else um, for like eight months. And then I went to Africa. I stopped going to culinary school. I went to Africa. That was a very powerful trip and focused my life, I think, for the five years after that because I felt like a mother to to the orphans that I met. And I my life became focused on finding a way to go back and and helping them which one of those ways was I studied permaculture for like just the course to be able to go back and help them like plant things and and just like use their land to be able to have food because they were hungry they didn't and because of that I went to Hawaii to learn how to farm that was as much as I could afford at the time I was woofing which is like work exchange on on farms in Hawaii and lots of healing happened on the island Uh, it's a very powerful place Hawaii (laughs) if anybody needs uh, transformation in their life and some healing um, I mean I guess island has to call you in it's it's another guru islands are um and then I kind of went went nuts and I was like I just want to travel why am I waiting what am I doing I need to fulfill like certain things that are calling me really strongly so I moved to Argentina and then moved to Peru and then Colombia and then came back to U.S. again and just kind of uh worked around drove around was thinking about you know opening maybe a a you know a short term uh, housing for people who are in between and live a healthy life do yoga which led me to learn about the ashram randomly and uh, I found myself at the ranch two years ago and um, when I uh, that was May 2017 I did my teacher training course in June of 2017 and then sorry 2018 was it no 2017 yeah and then I stayed for a year after that and then after that I went to Menla where I met Charlie in the August of 2018 and then I did my advanced teacher training course in January in the Bahamas I've been around my god I've been moving so many times and then I committed to six months of uh, city center, which was supposed to be New York City. And now I'm in Chicago helping running the center for another five weeks here. So that's kind of the story, the gist of like stuff that has happened. Um, as far as where I stand, I having stayed around in, in Shivananda for the past, I think, two years very closely. Um I mean, I I need some air, it feels like. I'm very, very grateful for all the teachings, all the people who've uh, seen me in my heart before I saw myself, you know, and they they kind of help you become more and more who you are, whether it's us, like, having through these interactions, just opening space. Like, Swami Paramananda has held a massive amount of space, I think, for me, just seeing me truly in who I am and allowing me to be that um, around the ashram, for example, or or the teachers or whatever. But I'm in a place where, um, again, I, I want to explore my own creativity with life and relationship and taking more charge and, um, you know, seeing reflections of, of what's been given to me as a jiva <laughs> and uh, you incorporate things. And I'm very curious uh I think human connection and these these conversations we have and and um, just you know there is a lot of potential there's so much buzzing on planet earth and especially with us 
um, people who care and who would like to care more and who are aware and who um, love, I think, consciously with intention, um, especially, or not, like, you know, I was just, I think, messaging Charlie today about how uh, I want to I want us to explore uh, subjects of compatibility because I keep finding myself matched and in the place where I I'm big time challenged and I, you know, it feels like why can't I find a common, although I've lived with thousands of people, I've shared homes with so many people, really, like throughout my travels and stuff, it's still like, um, yeah, I, I think maybe that's the universe's sign of telling me, you know, having my own space is a super important thing and I need to focus on materializing that and just creating my own life the way I want it because I've been kind of like a gypsy, you know, moving around, probably um, running away from something, but also searching for something. And, you know, theoretically, we know that that's us. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that's. I don't know if that's I, good. I was just going to say something about like the running away thing. Like, it's like, is it running away? Like sometimes people will say that to me about coming to the ashrams and stuff like, oh, you're running away. But like, essentially you're really facing yourself. I feel like in these times, like with way less distractions and. Mm -hmm. You're right. I, I think so. You're right. Just, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and I would totally be oh, down yeah. for the compatibility. <laughs> <laughs> who are these people why, I why think that I is a very interesting topic as well <laughs> great <laughs> I know that it's going longer you know but like I think we should continue on what the disillusion disillusion I can't say the word disillusionment that's <laughs> not the word <laughs> with like the spiritual communities with you guys I don't know if you know what I'm trying to say like what's the um the thing that started to make you like not be attracted to it or something in that way yeah no so, i don't sure. know if that should be a whole if that should be a whole nother conversation if, or i think so i yeah. think that's a big topic <sighs> yeah so it was a nice introduction do you love the right. human yeah. <laughs> and we have more people to to come and do the same and and we have some more editing and stuff um, but I think, yeah, it's a good way for us three to kind of like get there and then start just picking topics now with this background. <laughs> Although I don't know if it matters. What do you guys think? Do you think really backgrounds matter? Maybe they do. They do a little bit, but not too much. I, I think, I mean, it's good to know like kind of the background. I don't know. I think it's good. <laughs> But then yeah, again, I, think it's and I don't know anything about anything. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting, and I think it gives people context. I mean, both the listeners and each other context for where uh, where our various opinions and thoughts come from. And, sure. You know, allows I think a lot of human connection is centered around common experience as well so it gives us things to draw from i mean you know prior to this conversation i did not know that stephanie and i were neighbors 
Amongst it's like when I heard things. his voice, I'm like, there's some like familiarity in his voice. Like, <laughs> maybe I is it the accent or something? Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't. Know, I mean, I don't hear it. <laughs> I don't know. It's a soul thing. Uh, yeah, maybe it's from an, like a soul connection from another life or something. Who knows? <sighs> that little. The, the mixed uh, love-hate relationship that all New Jerseyans have with New Jersey. Yeah. Like, we can talk a lot of shit about New Jersey, but if anybody from, like, not New Jersey talks about it, we get so pissed Hell off. No. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I have, like, Jersey show relationships over that when I was drunk. <laughs> Friendships. Don't you go upset about New Jersey? Only I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! So I hope you guys can say some prayers for me because I'm kind of nervous about the ATTC. That's <laughs> uh, your ego be being nervous. Uh, no, my <laughs> ego's very nervous because, like, uh, like I've already expressed to you, I'm not super like asana strong, and I know all these people here are like. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I feel like they are. And, I don't know. I'm just like, whatever. My ego is nervous about that. But I'm like, you know what? Everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. So like, yeah, you're, this is your experience. They are just some, um, you know, they're just some characters in your movie or some, you know, characters in your video game. <laughs> like this is your thing. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to say they're not real or anything like that. Of course they are, but, um, it's going to be so internally for you I think I feel like it's going to be internally in uh, entertaining at least or if not focused enough that um you'll see I I also feel like it's a huge blessing that I'm kind of just like it's so nice to just be here for a month and also not doing karma yoga even though it's going to be more intense but it's like like, oh my god what's gonna happen this is crazy it would be nice (laughs) to start the mornings with sham He's so sweet and just lighthearted. Yeah. So, yeah, let's keep in touch and um, let us know how the editing or whatever goes. (laughs) Yeah. So nice chatting with you guys. Yes. Um, I had the thought, too, near the end of that conversation that we should probably do some sort of uh, introductory piece on the podcast itself and what we're going to be discussing and all of that. And maybe, I mean, that might be something that sort of takes a couple of conversations to figure out exactly how how it's going to go. But yeah. um, it would probably be good just to provide a little context and then maybe even come up with sort of like a two-minute intro verb that happens at, at each time Definitely. Um, and generally right what's going on i guess yeah yeah like a general intro episode and then also um just a intro blurb for all sub subsequent episodes 
That's true. Yeah. You know how they have, um, well, we can, I guess, stop recording or, or we, I'll just cut these out. But they have these features that you can just kind of say, din, din, din. like, and they say this, like, I don't know, three minute introduction and then the music comes and then they kind of, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So we can do <laughs> stuff like that. I, the website that we're going to use has all those things. So. Cool. Uh, it's just a matter of having time and sitting now, but I guess we're not really in a rush to put it out there. We're finding our way around recording and then editing when the time comes. And I think when I go to Menla, especially, I'll have a lot more time and space to do that. More. We're just playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a very important play. It's a very important play. <laughs> it is. Yeah, for that one. Yay! Well, happy birthday and have an amazing ATTC. Um, so your day off, do you know where and when is it? No, I don't know yet. Okay, so just message us and then, yeah, maybe we can find a time to converse about these introductory sessions and just some sort of plannings and things. And, you know, honestly, if so, if people don't respond within the next couple of weeks, I think we should just, <laughs> what do you guys think? I mean, there's uh, how long do you think it's okay for them just to linger on on the side and whenever they want to join, join? Because then they would be kind of behind and all these stuff. I mean, I mean fine to some extent in that you know if we have if we have uh, a core group that's there can that's here consistently and then other people that sort of hop in for a conversation here and there i think that's just yeah. fine cool yeah i'm thinking the same great yeah that's and perhaps, I mean, perhaps also different topics will be more interesting or appealing, or people will have more relevant uh, opinions on certain topics over others. So, mm -hmm. I just like there is that part of me that's kind of like, well, I mean, I mean, I want to. This is I, I desire to do this, but you know, is it a group work? But no, that's my ego talking that's my karma yoga mind in a group that says how much am i doing how much are you doing are we doing the same and that's um not important don't worry about it yeah it's okay. kind of cool just to see like who come you know who who shows up and then the people that are kind of like yeah 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 and then don't it's like okay that's fine too <laughs> no yeah i think anybody who's called as uh, uh, you know reaching like their heart calls out for it and whenever whoever's meant to come will come and meant to go will go and let them yeah i guess it's fine we'll and as long as a few of us are gonna just consistently be there like you guys said um it's all good it's you know we're doing it for our own basically selfish reasons to a certain extent so right and it's not and now i feel like that we kind of like know the background a little bit like now we can kind of like just go into the topic more of like and kind of know a little bit of like where we're coming from yeah and, and i also learned so much about you like i didn't know like a lot of things you said i was like oh my god this girl's been like you've kind of been on your own for a long time 
pretty much all my life yeah yeah I'm like opposite yeah. like attached to the fucking umbilical cord of my mom so it's like... yeah yeah which is why like which is why I'm like I'm tired of this because I'm like I'm already pre- maybe I'm more of a monk than you guys understand <laughs> in many ways and, and that's anyway okay so let's let's I don't think I am I don't think I am but there's there are moments that I have this feeling you resist it a lot (laughs) that I'm just like I don't I don't see you necessarily doing the thing that you you're talking about and then pointing fingers at me is kind of not cool because I'm probably do have done it more than you have but that's okay you know it's nothing you are not going to take stuff personally people are just sometimes talking to themselves out loud you don't have to take it in um yeah uh, okay okay it's getting Guys, too I'll late talk. yeah i'll yeah. text you tomorrow and tell you when my day off is yes okay love you guys good night all right happy birthday good night thank you good night, good night. Good night.